0: What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here as always with my co-host and father, Mr. Allen Dell, a.k.a. the godfather, former Tampa Bay Bucks NFL beat writer, diving into our weekly NFL buy or sell episode, where we look back on the week that was and look ahead towards the upcoming week of games in the NFL, looking back on week seven, l- looking forward towards week eight and without further ado we're going to jump into our opening topic of the episode then talk about some contenders and pretenders then we're going to go into our most overrated teams our most underrated teams as well as our best stats of the week and our best early line bets of the week as well Mr. Allen Dell I know you want to talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Rams and no pun intended the ramifications of Jalen Ramsey Marcus Peters Give me your thoughts overall. The Rams obviously coming off a a big win, which they needed, over the Atlanta Falcons to improve the 4-3 and on the season. Um, I guess it's a matter of did they trade too much for Ramsey? Are they capped out? Is this a team that actually has a legit shot at contending with all the moves they made and with all the salary that they're spending on these guys? Give me your overall thoughts on the Los Angeles Rams and, and whether it's trading away Marcus Peters, trading for Jalen Ramsey, and the future for a team that just made it to the Super Bowl this past year but with a lot of questions overall from top to bottom in the franchise right now.
1: Well, it's more than the money. They haven't given Ramsey anything yet. I mean, that's a year more than a year away after next season. But they've given big money to Jared Goff, cash, early Brandon Cooks, and Aaron Donald. So how much money can you give away? And then they've, yeah, they traded two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. He hasn't signed. He'll be a free agent after next season. So that means he'll be negotiating next season. And you wonder, uh, he said he promised the Rams that he wasn't going to hold out. He was going to be there. And if you believe that, well, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I can sell you. So I don't know. You got to wonder what they're doing. Uh, I mean, Peterson was jettisoned uh, in Baltimore. Peters, Peters, excuse me. In part because L.A. knew it, didn't want to pay him in, in the $15 million year range. Long after, long term after this season, Baltimore may not either. But uh, they needed a cornerback for this year. I just hope we can win a game. So uh, even though Ramsey could make more than Peters, that's not coming until 20 and 21. So how good will Ramsey be? Maybe the people say he could be the best cornerback in the league. Uh, we'll see. Well, I mean, what, what is the what is the end goal here? At the end of the day, you know, why
0: are they making these moves? Why is Sean McVay and, and the management office making these decisions? It's obviously to you know, you know that that's the as the cliche goes. You know, it, we're trying to win now. Yeah, right? Right we're trying and win to win now. right now. They were trying to do, they were trying to win right now last year when they got Brandon Cooks, and the year before that when they signed Aaron Donald to that big extension, overpaid perhaps some of these guys, whether it's Jared Goff, whether it's guys on defense or offense. I mean, I think you're looking at the defensive side of things where. They they they're trying to get the best guys at each position in the NFL, and you can argue that now they have the best defensive tackle in the league, and Aaron Donald, and they have the best defensive back in the league, and Jalen Ramsey. So when you look at it on on in that type of way, you're saying, oh man, these guys are are really really building for success right now. But when you look at the offensive side of the ball. And Brandon Cooks has been their most underwhelming option in the passing game so far this year. You talk about the emergence of Gerald Everett, who they took with high draft equity a couple years back. Uh, Cooper Cup, obviously one of the top performing receivers in the league right now. Not to mention Robert Woods. Robert Woods he's been a little up and down, but he's still uh, considered one of the better better receivers in the NFL right now. Brandon Cooks is the guy they paid a lot uh, a lot of money to, and is he a part of that future? Is Todd Gurley a part of that future with the money they paid him? I don't understand why the Rams would choose to pay Todd Gurley more more than this season, past this year, no matter what happens. He's obviously not the same player he was, and unfortunately he's dealing with arthritis in his knees, dealing with other injuries. We can all clearly tell whether you've watched a little bit of football, whether you've played the game, whether you watch a lot of football, that he's simply not the player he was last year and the year before last. And I think that's the issue is on the offensive side of the ball for me. I'm okay with them trading the house for Jalen Ramsey to get the top DB in the league. I'm okay with them giving the money to him, with them giving the money to Aaron Donald. I'm not okay with them giving that money to Jared Goff. Brandon Cooks is looking like a questionable call with giving him the money as well. And Todd Gurley, you got to cut bait. I think this Rams team has the right head coach in place. They got the right defensive superstars in place. Now it's all about getting the personnel right on offense. And that's something they're really going to have to look hard at in the offseason, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But uh, eventually, and this happens in the NBA all the time, team, team, teams run out of money, and then what do you do? How do you pay, man? Uh- I'm not exact expert in how
0: these salary cap ramifications wind up turning out. But look, I mean, Jared Goff is something you can move on from, right? You, you paid him guaranteed money, but you don't have to pay him the rest of the money year to year in terms of what he's getting on his salary. And same goes for Todd Gurley. He made – his signing bonus money, okay, the money that you're continuing to pay him year by year, they, they took Daryl Henderson with a high draft pick this past year, and he's been impressive in limited action this year. They re-signed Malcolm Brown because they knew they needed insurance behind Todd Gurley, so even with just those two guys, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, turn the keys to the young running back in the offense, let him have a couple of productive years before you give him a big contract. This is the same thing they did with Todd Gurley, and this is the nature of the running back position as a whole, is that is that you just I, – I love Todd Gurley – He's part of my fantasy team last year. I got that special connection with him, but he's been a fantasy superstar. He's been a real-life superstar, but reality is if you're the Rams and you're in the front office and you're making those decisions, he is not the type of guy that should be getting money on his year-to-year salary compared to what he's getting right now because the production is not there. I feel bad for him because I don't want any guys to have injuries when it comes to sports, but this is the reality we live in right now with the Los Angeles Rams, and I think they're making the right moves on, on defense they're not making the right moves on offense. I think they have to look else elsewhere, elsewhere in terms of their quarterback play. And let's not let, let's not forget the offensive line which has been considered by some in the, around the NFL to be the worst in the NFL right now. So the offensive line, the quarterback, the running back, they got some big questions on an offense we thought was the most innovative and most up and coming promising offense in the league last year. And now it's a complete officer right now. So I, I think McVay's the right guy to try to handle that situation as a head coach, being an offensive-minded head coach. But I think they've got a long ways to go. And let's transition here to talk about contenders and pretenders because we're going to set a threshold for this, right? When we talk about contenders and pretenders each week, let's talk about teams that are at least two games above five hundred or better, right? And And right now, right out of 32 NFL teams – we're talking about 10 teams that are two games above 500 or better, five from the AFC, five from the NFC. So we're going to go rapid fire, run through real quick. I'm going to go through AFC first. I'm going to tell you, contender, pretender, Mr. Allendale, you can give me one word answer. You can say contender, pretender. I'll give one note or one word on it, and we'll move on to the next team. If you want to elaborate or, or, or give a little more on each team that we talk about depending on who it is, we can do that too. This is before we get into our most overrated and most underrated. So let's talk about right now. Let's go let's go to the AFC East. New England Patriots. I think we can both agree. Let's move on. Contender. Yeah,
1: they're obviously Okay, yeah.
0: contender. Exactly. You got an interesting stat for later in our big on our best stat of the week that you're gonna talk about with the Patriots. I got one for the Bills as well. Let's talk about three more teams in the AFC real quick. Contender or pretender, the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Well, I think right now they're they're a contender. I mean, especially after what they did last week in uh if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, uh, this guy could be the limit contender for sure.
0: Okay, th- this is the team that I've gone back and forth on. Look, two weeks ago, after they were absolutely annihilated by the Cleveland Browns at home, we were calling this. We were both calling this team a pretender. Yeah. So. I don't want to necessarily overreact, but that was a big win going to Seattle and getting that road win. And, and the defense trading for Marcus Peters, he got the pick six against Russell Wilson. So he's contributing immediately, bringing Brandon Williams back into the fold. That's going to be a big cog on the defense in terms of stopping the run for them. So this defense keeps getting better. They figure out their running attack, which, which I think they're going to focus on more often than not because Lamar Jackson just isn't there as a passer just yet. I think we can all agree on that. But look, they've won three games in a row after starting two and two. They're now five and two on the year, and the next best team in their division in the AFC North is two and four. Yeah. The Browns are two and four, Steelers are two and four, Bengals are zero and seven. So how can the Ravens at this point not win their division? They're they're well, getting in and the playoffs. the question is,
1: can Lamar stay healthy? And one of the most interesting stats for Lamar Jackson, he currently ranks he's the the sixth leading rusher in the NFL. That that's just incredible for a quarterback. And he's uh, fifth in passing yardage. But, again, how long is that going to last? Can he stay healthy? Contender or pretender,
0: Buffalo Bills.
1: Oh, you know how I feel about that. That's, that's the biggest <laughs> pretender in the league. I, I just in my opinion, that's – They, they haven't – they're 5-1. They haven't beaten anybody with a winning record – in fact, their the opponents they play are combined 8 and 27, so Okay, so we're going to get a little more into the Bills and, in a second
0: because we, And
1: I've beaten two winners team.
0: Right, we've got them as part of our most underrated/most slash overrated. I, I think of the Bills to me they're a contender. And and look, it, it it's just reality. You, you look back to their last 8 games or 9 games dating back to last season, they have two losses. The Bills are 7 and 2 in their last 9 games dating back to last year their only two losses are to the, are to the Patriots yeah. and they've beaten everyone else.
1: But their schedule has been –
0: I mean, look, you could say their schedule has been this or that, but the Patriots' schedule has been pretty bad. I mean, the 49ers' schedule has been pretty bad. Yeah. But but they're beating the teams they need to beat. And, look, coming off a bye in a flat spot at home against a winless team in the Dolphins this past week, I think that was a potential trap game and letdown spot. But they stepped up in the end when they needed to the most – and they, th- this team has the defense, and they and they've got new skill. They've got new skill position players and new playmakers on offense. Talking about bringing in John Smokey Brown, bringing in Cole Beasley as the slot guy. Obviously, Frank Gore is continuing to, defi- to, to defy father time at this point, and they have the exciting rookie running back in Devin Singletary with another year with Josh Allen under his belt, making less turnovers, using his legs. Obviously, as we talked about, how Lamar Jackson uses his legs too. To me, when you look at the landscape of the AFC, you talk about the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Chiefs are all atop their division. The Colts are atop their division as well. I think you can throw the Buffalo Bills in there and say, why can't they be the third best team in the AFC outside the Patriots and the Chiefs once the Chiefs get Mahomes back? So we'll get into that a little bit more moving forward. Let's not, let's, let's not go too slow on the contender-pretender the Indianapolis Colts sitting at four and two atop the AFC South. Are they a, are the Indianapolis Colts a contender or a pretender?
1: Yeah, I, I think they proved last week they were a contender. And Jacoby Brissett, who I said from day one is going to be a very good quarterback, uh, is proven he's he's good. I mean, he would Andrew Luck be better than uh, J- Jacoby Brissett is right now? I don't I don't think so. I, he, give him credit. It's my quarterback. I, like I don't think do. he would
0: be. I think he'd be better than well, Brissette. Would the team be better four and two? Would they? I I don't see why not. Why wouldn't they be? What's I mean? Look, I let's 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 take a step back here. Brissette's done what he's needed to do. He's been the ultimate game manager behind the NFL's best offensive line, behind potentially the, N- the NFL's best head coach or one of the best head coaches. Okay, you've got a star receiver in T.Y. Hilton. You've got a pretty impressive young running back in Marlon Mack. Shout-out to Booker High School, University of South Florida, Marlon Mack right there. Those are both my alums right there. Shout-out to Marlon Mack.
2: Nice hitter, man.
0: The Indianapolis Colts are a good football team from top to bottom. And, and I'm not i am not going to lie. I overlooked that a little bit when the news of Andrew Luck retiring came out because I jumped all over the Colts' under season win total over under 9.5. Right now, they're on pace to make me lose that bet. I, I've still got a little faith. I, I think that they're, they've exceeded expectations at this point. But Brissett's doing what he needs to do, and because of the head coach, because of the offensive line, because Brissett has been competent under center, that leaves me to say, as much as I don't want to say it, I think the Colts are a contender right now. They're a contender to win their division. They're a contender to get a high seed in the AFC playoff race, and because of those two things, with the other factors we just mentioned, the Colts are now a contender in my mind, even though I think they're still a bit overrated to the consensus right now. Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think we have to say it too much. Look, Mahomes is coming back soon, we think. They're saying maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, even if it's after the bye. You look at the rest of the division, even if they lose three, four games in a row, I think the Chiefs are still in prime position to win that division. I think we both think with the healthy Mahomes, the Chiefs are contenders. Am I right or wrong? Yeah,
1: yeah, the question is, can he stay healthy? Yeah. I'm worried about the long-term effect if they put him back too early, you know, yeah, you don't want to see them panic about that. Can he
0: stay healthy and can Andy Reid stop running them on QB sneaks with a bad ankle? I yep. mean, that, let's let us let us get off that right there. Okay, let's move on to the NFC contender versus pretender again. This is teams that are two games above 500 or better, and let's go to Lambeau Field. The Cheeseheads, the Green Bay Packers, six and one. Winners of three straight, atop the NFC North. Contenders or pretenders? Aaron Rodgers. Well, wow, I mean that's
1: that, that's a no-brainer. That's a contender. I mean, and the teams they beat aren't bad. 19 and 20. I mean, you know, they they've had they've played some decent competition. Uh, absolutely a contender. I'm in agreement with you. Okay, they've been missing their best
0: offensive. They've been missing their best offensive playmaker in terms of the passing game with Devontae Adams over the last month with a turf toe injury. We don't know when he's going to come back, but Aaron Rodgers has been making do with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, with Geronimo Allison, guys like Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard. Aaron Jones is explosive in the backfield. They're working Jamal Williams back in there as well. So this is Aaron Rodgers is making this work. Matt LaFleur is making the right play calls. He's putting the right schemes together for this team, even though they might have struggled a little bit offensively out of the gates this season. But they're winning games when it matters. Look, they're 4-1 at home. They've only played two road games. They played five home games and two road games. So maybe the things get a little tougher for the Packers going on the road more towards the end of the season, but they're still plus 45 point uh, plus minus point differential on the season. Definitely a contender with Aaron Rodgers at the helm for sure. Especially if Devonte Adams gets back into the fold as well. Next team right underneath the Packers, NFC North Minnesota Vikings five and two again, winners of three straight. They're playing Thursday night against the Redskins contender, pretender well, Kirk they're, Cousins they're, and the they're, Vikings.
1: They're absolutely a contender. It's uh Way back when in my youth, there was a movie called Love Story. And the famous line out of that movie is true love is never having to say you're sorry. Word. But that doesn't apply to Kirk Cousins because he said he was sorry to his two favorite receivers and look look what's happened. So I, you got to like that team. Uh, I, I think that whatever happened between those guys, the public blowout, fiasco, whatever you want to call it, it's lit a fire under Kirk Cousins, maybe taking the pressure off him and he's burning it up right now. And
0: Or maybe force the coaches and the offensive coordinator to switch up the game plan That's to make true. things a little more wide open on offense and, and to get these guys happier from game to game. Cause Dalvin Cook's going to do his thing regardless in the backfield, but, You need guys like Phelan and Stephon Diggs to be well-fed with the targets and the opportunities they're getting in the offense. Let Kirk Cousins do his thing because we know that he's good completing those deep passes as long as he has a clean pocket to work with. So I agree with you contenders. This is already one of the best defenses in the league going into the season, not to mention Mike Zimmer. You look at the Vikings since Mike Zimmer took over as their head coach. He is the best coach in the NFL in terms of his record against the spread. Which means, okay, why why does the Vegas spread have anything to do with whether a team's overrated or underrated? It has everything to do with it because the spread is based off general consensus. And the general consensus is more often than not, Mike Zimmer is exceeding the expectations of what the general public thinks about the Minnesota Vikings. So this is a team that exceeds expectations. They have a defensive-minded head coach with a great defense. And they've got a good quarterback and they've got good playmakers around that quarterback to where I think... This team has seen has had its worst days behind them and is only looking brighter towards the future with the Vikings for sure. Okay, we got three more teams on, four more teams on this list to go to real quick. NFC South, New Orleans Saints, Teddy Bridgewater, six and one, winners of five in a row. New Orleans Saints, are they contenders still? Dating back to oh, the t- right, t- dating yeah, back to the, the pass
1: interference fiasco of last year's playoffs. Yeah, you have to just absolutely love the Saints. Uh, He's doing a caretaker job for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he's he's going to win himself a starting position, but maybe it's for the Saints in the future, or maybe it's for another team. Uh, absolutely. You just got to love that team. They're, this is the best defense that Sean Payne has ever had, in my opinion, since since he's been in the league, even before uh, they were allegedly paying players. I'll, I'll give you that one for sure. Marshawn Lattimore has been one of the best cover
0: corners in the NFL so far this year, and this team's undefeated at home, 3-0. and They're 3-1 and on the road. They're – they, they've been they've been exceeding expectations themselves over this last month with Bridgewater under center. At the beginning, I, I was looking to fade the Saints because I was like, Bridgewater, the offense won't be able to move the ball up and down the field, but the defense has been outstanding. And and you look at this division, and, and the Panthers are, are right behind them there at 4-2. and two. They're coming off the bye. Look, the Saints have won five in a row. The Panthers have won four in a row. I think we both can agree that even with or without Drew Brees, the Saints are looking like straight up contenders right now. How about the Panthers with or without Cam Newton? Yeah, without or, Cam Newton. Without Cam Newton with Kyle Allen, you think he should remain the starter? Absolutely.
1: I, 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 that's a no-brainer, and that's going to happen, too. They're going to, you know, they'll, they'll make uh, nice with Cam Newton, say he's still not 100%. But uh, he what did he lose, eight in a row? Yeah. Uh, before he got hurt as a starter. So you're, so you're putting – And accurate. Kyle Allen is 4-0.
0: So, so let me get this straight. You're you're putting an asterisk on the Panthers saying contender if Kyle Allen's the quarterback, pretender if Cam Newton's the quarterback. Well – Is that accurate or no?
1: I'm just assuming that Kyle Allen's – they're, they're not going to take him out of the starting position right now. If he loses the game, maybe. Who knows? He might get hurt, too. But, no, I like that team. I like their defense.
0: Yeah, and their defense struggled a lot last year. And, and they were in a lot of shootouts playing catch-up last season with Cam Newton. So, I don't know if you want to put it all on him. Plus, he had the bad shoulder. I mean, he's, he's he he always has the bad something, right? He's always got the bad foot or the bad ankle or the bad shoulder. So, are the injuries ever going to stop for for a guy like him? He's he's past thirty years old now, yeah. so that that's always that trigger of the age where guys start getting banged up uh, a little well more. The they main, get a little slower. The
1: main thing for him is his style of play. Yeah. I really feel sorry for the guy. That was his style. He was just as big as linebackers, if not bigger. But you still, your body can only take so much pounding. And can he turn himself into a pocket passer that doesn't run? I don't know. Yeah, and and you look at Kyle Allen. I mean, it's not like he's lighting the world up, but they don't need to. They've got the
0: defense, and they've got the running back. This is the same as the Saints, what we just talked about. They've got the offensive line to run the ball. They've got the quarterback who can manage the games and not not create turnovers by either fumbling or throwing the ball away to the defense and giving away interceptions. But... The Packers and the Vikings, they've got the quarterbacks that can launch the ball deep downfield and make plays. The Saints and the Panthers, on the other hand, they got the game manager quarterbacks. But you get into a tight defensive battle, sometimes you don't need to be making those downfield throws to win the game. You can just manage your way to a victory. So I think we're all talking about – we talk about four teams right now, Packers, Vikings, Saints, Panthers, all with solid defenses, all with solid run games and offensive lines. I think the quarterback play might be the difference maker there. And I think the Saints, with Drew Brees back soon, that could vault them into that same category as the Packers and the Vikings, whereas the Panthers, how far can they really go with Kyle Allen as their quarterback in the playoffs? I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves there, but to me they're still a contender as well. I'm going to agree with you there. Last two teams moving on to the NFC West. Contender or pretender, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Allendale. Contender well, or
1: pretender? That, that's a tough one. I don't even think they're a 13-3 and three team, but right now they're 6-0. and all. They've only been one team with a winning record. Their opponents are combined 11-28. and 28. You keep saying, well, it's the NFL. Yeah, it's the NFL. Last week they, they won the Mud Bowl in Washington. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to win their division. I think they're going to start falling.
0: Right? Yeah, I mean, you look, you look at the, the standings and it's just insane. There's three teams that have allowed less than 100 points combined over the course of this season. So San Francisco, through six games, they've allowed a total of 64 points. Outside of the Patriots, that's the best in the league. Outside of the Patriots, the 49ers also have the best plus-minus point differential at plus-92 on the season. So they're winning these games with margin. But I'm going to say pretender because 6-0, even if they go on to win the division, they're still going to have tough competition within that division for the Seahawks, even from the Los Angeles Rams, who we spoke about earlier. I'm gonna say pretender because until I see Jimmy Garoppolo do it in a big game, do it in a big game where they're gonna to need to rely on his arm, Kyle Shanahan get a big win as a head coach because he's never coached a playoff game as a head coach before either. So I'm gonna say pretender for now with the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm gonna to pivot to the other team in the NFC West, the second place Seahawks, and I'm gonna say contender because they have the quarterback who's proven it before, who's been NFL MVP, who's who's won a Super Bowl. And I think Russell Wilson with those guys, th- this is a team that is well-rounded from the passing game to the running game to the defense to a veteran head coach. To me, they have the ingredients of what it takes to, to make a deep postseason run and a potential Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. So I say San Francisco 49ers pretenders, Seattle Seahawks contenders, even though the other team might win the division mm-hmm. over the Seahawks. Yeah, the, the
1: Seahawks end. have that, that home field edge. Uh, they've lost, what, two games at home this year? so. Uh... Where has that been? You know, it makes you wonder. Especially well, they're three and zero. They're three and zero on the road, so
0: you can't really knock yeah, them too especially much. Especially when
1: Baltimore came
0: in last week and did their things. Yeah, it's just you see, sometimes teams have letdown games, and and that you could argue that was Russell Wilson's only bad game of the season. So yeah. I don't know how much stock I want to put into them losing that game. They're still five and two. Like I said, they're still undefeated on the road at three three and zero. Oh. I'm more impressed with a three and zero oh road record as opposed to just a two and two home record. So we'll see how that pans out over the course of the year as well. But you got Chris Carson there, one of the top, you know, lead backs in the NFL, in my opinion, too. And, and Russell Wilson has a lot of weapons. I know he's missing Will Disley now at tight end, but I still, I still think they've got got enough to take advantage of that offense in, in terms of the running game and the passing game, both. So, all right, we we went through ten teams right there, contender, pretender. Now wrapping up here. On the podcast, again, the Family Feud Football Podcast, our weekly NFL buy or sell episode where we talk about what we learned in the previous week, how we apply that knowledge to the future in the NFL. We talk about our contenders and pretenders, and now we're just going to go real quick, our most overrated and underrated teams. Let's, Let's just get it out of the way. Your most overrated team is the Buffalo Bills. My most underrated team is the Buffalo Bills. Okay. And I gave you the stat earlier is that the Buffalo Bills, dating back to last season, are 7-2 and two in their last nine games. The only team that the Buffalo Bills have lost to, dating back to last season, the last nine games, is the Patriots. Yeah, but
1: who have they played? And I'll tell you one thing in their favor, too. The rest of their schedule is kind of mediocre to weak at best so they're they're pretty they're set up pretty good this is a team that has the defense okay it's you
0: have the defense you have the ability to run the ball and you have the head coach and, and the quarterback, obviously, is, is this is a quarterback who is probably the most turnover prone at any signal caller in the NFL right now in Josh Allen. And I'll give you that. He's going to be the worst. More often than not, he's going to be the worst graded PFF quarterback that's out there because he's not a traditional quarterback. This is a guy that is running the ball with his legs or he's taking crazy deep shot chances down the field with his arms. So, I mean, he he can throw the ball downfield a country mile, don't get me wrong. Is he throwing to the to the opposing defense or his own wide receivers? I think that's gonna be the difference more often than not with this team is how often can Josh Allen limit the turnovers that he's having in these games. They're gonna have a good test this weekend hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are only three and four on the season, but I think it's gonna be one of the better teams definitely that the Bills have played all year. I mean, probably the best team outside the Patriots. They've played this year so while the bills have only allowed 91 points on the season that's the third best mark in the nfl they've only scored 121 points at the same time so i'm not going to get too carried away but with their schedule i mentioned this last
1: week this is a team that if they win the games they're supposed to win they might finish 13 and three you know one interesting thing for this week coming up uh everyone knows philadelphia's secondary is a mess but the pass rush has been great it leads all teams in pressure rate, forty-one percent, according to PFF. So, how's that going to affect uh, Josh Allen, who's a better runner than, than he is a passer? So, that'll be interesting to see how that works out.
0: So, I know the jury's still out on Josh Allen. I, I'm more in terms, I'm, I'm more of a supporter because he, he's a fun guy to watch, man. He's just one of those backyard scrambler type of quarterbacks, and, and I think he's got potential to keep improving. I think he's got more potential of, a, I think he's got more potential as a passer than Lamar Jackson has right now. I just think Lamar Jackson's in a little bit more organized of a scheme in terms of how the offenses are brought up each and every week. So two very similar quarter, young quarterbacks with, with very similar skill sets, in my opinion, is Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And I think two teams with, also with good defenses, also with good run games. I think these are very two similar teams, the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens. Let's move on to most your most underrated team, because mine is the Bills. Your most underrated team is the Detroit Lions. Absolutely.
1: They're much better than their record is. Come on. Okay. So what do you got? Excuse me? What do you got? I like everything about them. I like their, you know, maybe one of the best quarterbacks who's underrated in in the NFL, Matthew Stafford. Their defense has been strong. They've they've lost some close games that really hurt them, Uh, but, but... Sometimes that's going to turn around if they don't let it get them down.
0: They've lost three games in a row. They started out 2-0-1. They're 2-3-1, and so they've only been filling up the loss column over the last three weeks, all right? This is the team that this past week, I don't know how serious the injuries are yet, but we already know On Johnson, their franchise running back, he's on IR now. He, he, he's, got, he's got at least eight weeks until he can come back onto the field. They they lost their, their best they lost their best defensive tackle, Damon Harrison, this past weekend. they lost their best defensive back, Darius Slade, to an injury. I don't know how soon those guys are coming back just yet, but the injury's mounting up. And not to mention they're dead last in their division. And an underwhelming Bears team at three and three is still ahead of the Detroit Lions at two at two I, three. I mean one. Uh,
1: they lost two straight games by a combined five points, and then they lost last week to Minnesota 42 to 30. So they, they've lost a lot of close games. Uh, even then, earlier in the season, they lost to Cleveland by four, and they and they lost to Buffalo by four. Oh, that Buffalo team! That I don't know how they get in there. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. That's, that's and strange. they lost to Houston by seven. So no one's—I don't know if anyone's lost more close games this year. And the Detroit Lions, but unfortunately they don't have a great history.
0: Yeah, it, com- it comes a point in time where you either win the game or lose the game, no matter how big or small the margin is, and the Lions aren't winning the, the close games they need to. Is that going to balance I- itself out? I think out? the
1: next three weeks are going to tell a tale for the, uh, the Lions. Uh, they're home against the Giants. And then they go on the road against Oakland and Chicago, so that that could tell a lot. I mean,
0: look, if if this is a team that's really underrated or that really should be in playoff contention, they should win all three of those games straight up, or at the absolute worst, go two and one in those games. If if you can't beat the Bears, you're you're not going to make because the Bears are are a question mark in terms of what, whether they can make the playoffs this year. I mean, and you look at that division. We talked about the Packers and Vikings. We both think they're contenders. So, are you really thinking that the the third best team in that division is going to make any noise? So you got to think about who they got to play twice a year. They got to play the Vikings, Packers, and Bears. Yeah, that, well, the looking right like one the win. toughest division in football.
1: Trubisky right now. is really hurting them at quarterback. Uh,
0: yeah, well, that's, well, you, well you, that's that. All I'm saying is you're talking about the Lions being underrated. I, I think they're a decent team, but how underrated are they? I think this just might be a 500 team at the end of the day. But well, we'll see about that. My most, your most overrated team was the Bills. Mine, even though it's the team I said was a contender earlier in the podcast, is the Indianapolis Colts at four and two. I still think of all the teams that are two games above five hundred or better. This is the worst of that of that bunch right there. Is the Colts because I don't think when it comes down to a playoff pressure moment, I got I gotta see Jacoby Brissett do it. Before I can just say the Colts are a real contender. So while I think they're a contender to win the division, contender to make the playoffs, maybe win a game in the playoffs, I don't think they're true Super Bowl contenders. And that's why I'm saying out of all these teams, two games above 500 or better, I think the Colts are the most overrated team in the NFL, not knocking their offensive line, not knocking their running game, not knocking their head coach. I just got to see it out of Brissette before I can believe it. And let's move on to wrap this up. Okay, I'm going to give out my best early line bet of the week as we wrap up our NFL Buy or Sell weekly episode on the Family Feud Football Podcast. And look, th- there's a couple spreads that are being that, that are still on hold right now, like the Seahawks at the Falcons. We don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be ready to suit up or not after hurting his ankle in the last game. So a lot of the books, you're not going to see a line available for that game. Same goes with the Cardinals at the Saints. We don't know yet if Drew Brees is going to be back. It doesn't look like he's going to play, but the fact he's coming back to practice and he still has a chance to play, that, that line is also off the board in most online books that I'm looking at. So those are two games I got my eye on is whether Matt Ryan plays or if Drew Brees plays for the Saints to determine whether I like either side. But what I'm looking at right now is a is a money line parlay. And I know a lot of people say parlays aren't a good chance to win, but listen to me. I'm going to ask you a question, Mr. Allendale. If, if there was a sure thing to win a bet, would you bet $100 to win $40? Yeah, why if not? If you knew you were going to win it.
1: Yeah, sure, why okay. not?
0: Okay, because that leads into my into my best bet, bet my best early line bet of the week is a three team money line parlay Vikings over the Redskins, Rams over the Bengals, Steelers over the Dolphins. You bet $5, you win $2. So if you bet $100, you win $40. It's straight I, straight, five, straight, no up, straight up money line parlay. That means the Vikings would have to lose to the Redskins, the Steelers would have to lose to the Dolphins or the Rams would have to lose to the Bengals. I just don't see any three of those upsets happening. And the fact that you can get a money line parlay of betting 100 to win 40 bucks on those three teams, which I know there's no such thing as a sure thing in the NFL, but to me those are probably three of the biggest sure thing victories I've seen all year through eight weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm putting that, that's a five-star five star bet for me earlier in the week is taking those three teams on the money line and parlaying. Hey, man, I throw 50 bucks on it. I win 20 bucks. If it's free money, it's free money,
1: man. Yeah. Well, my best bet right now, I like the Carolina Panthers, plus five and a half at the 49ers. I okay. Like I like that too. Are you, any specific reason you're taking that
0: one or you're just a Kyle Allen believer? I, I'm a Kyle, uh,
1: Kyle Allen believer. I'm not a San Francisco 49er believer. I mean, it's about time they're going to lose. They've had a lot of breaks go their way. This is
0: one thing we talked about earlier uh, in our, in last week's uh, best bets episode. We do two episodes a week. One is our weekly NFL buy or sell. The other one is our weekly NFL best bets episode where myself and the godfather, Mr. Allendale, we each highlight three bets that we're making for the weekend, as well as adding a best bet in for the week. Happy to say patting myself on the back here. I'm undefeated on my best bets so far this year, but I've been killing myself losing these parlays and these teaser bets. However, I'm, st- I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to do a teaser bet involving the Panthers, which means I can adjust the line six and a half points or seven points and get the Panthers all the way up to plus 13 in that game and pair them with another bet that I like, right? So that, that's one thing I got my eye on, and I'm waiting for the Seahawks and Falcons spread to come out. I'm waiting for this Cardinals and Saints spread to come out once the quarterback decisions are announced. So those those are a few things I got my eye on, making a few teaser bets, Make, maybe making one or two more parlay bets. And, and I agree with you. I do like the Panthers. I'd be willing to buy the half a point to get it to plus six on that key number right there. I think Car- uh, Panthers, Carolina Panthers, plus six at the Niners. I think that's, a, to me right now, that seems like a really good bet to make. So I'm, I'm leaning strongly towards that as well. But uh, that's, that's going to wrap it up here. Again, our NFL Weekly Buy or Sell episode. This is the Family Feud Football Podcast. where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, Debate the week's hottest football news. We'll be back later this week, as I said, with our NFL Best Bets episode. Any final thoughts or, or parting words for the audience, Mr.
1: Allendale? No, my condolences to the Buffalo Bills for what's about to happen to them. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> That's so funny. last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. That's all.
0: I thought you were gonna say condolences to Josh Rosen, your, your boy. My You know,
1: I mean, I, there's a, there's actually a little rumor out there that the Patriots wanted it, wanted him. What you oh. smoking
0: on? R.I.P. to Josh Rosen. Hashtag. I your just boy. like to
1: see him get on a halfway decent team and see how he does. That's, that's that's all. All right. Well, you heard it
0: here first, folks. That's gonna wrap it up for this week. We'll see you. In, we'll see you later in the week with our best bets episode. We appreciate you tuning in. Have a great week. Peace out.
2: Aloha. But see, I like crazy ass people. Yeah. Steve Harvey, uh-huh. this the family feuding. Baby mama drama, got the family losing. Smoking, back out the front door fuming. I was just a student, now you look like food yeah. Hunger got me moving, starving all too. I'm just being human, I'm a human being. I might start a star movie. Like the Carter too, when my bitch catch me cheating, we go shop for shoes. I'm getting even, now I'm getting even more than that, more than that, yeah. Switch pie, I want more than half, yeah. Shoes say I want more than that, more than that. Damn, hot and ready like you ordered that. By the time you try to leave the nigga, I was already done being with. you I'm dealing with the yeah. Steve Harvey. bitch, the family feud, baby mama drama. Got the family loose. smoking backwards. Helped the front door funeral. How was just a student? Now you look like food yeah. hunger. Got me moving. I was starving too. I never bothered, but I could have. something because I ain't never asked what is it that you love about